better, faster, cheaper is now possible through this this sort of technological revolution that, that that's happening. But I think all marketers need to be armed with what are the questions that they should ask so that they can understand whether they're actually going to get better, faster, cheaper, because there's a lot of people sort of saying things, but it's really just business as usual from before. You are listening to the Business Innovation and Technology Podcast by Facebook. If you want to learn from industry leaders about new trends and products that can grow your business, then this is the podcast for you. Today, we're joined by Alex Colmer, CEO and founder of Vidmob, Emily Rose, a client partner at Facebook, and Alistair Cotterell, a creative product lead at Facebook. In this episode, we dive deep into and discuss the latest trends in video advertising and look at what companies can do at an organizational level to enable their teams to leverage video as a growth driver for their business. So on today's episode, we're going to be digging into the topic of video. And to do that, we're joined by three very special guests. We have Emily Rose, client partner here at Facebook, Alistair Cotterell, creative product lead here at Facebook, and Alistair Colmer, CEO and founder of Vidmob. So I'd love for you to all introduce yourselves and tell us a little about yourself. And yeah, welcome to the podcast. So Emily, it'd be great to start with you. Thank you so much, Jordan. And thanks for having me here today. I'm Emily Rose. I'm a client partner at Facebook, and I work on our direct-to-consumer disruptors business as a client partner. And in my role, it's my job to build strategic partnerships with the top D2C brands in the United States. I've helped dozens of brands of all sizes get started with their video advertising on Facebook. So I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. Welcome. Thank you. Alistair, tell us a little about yourself. Thank you. Hi, I'm Alistair or Al, creative product lead here at Facebook. So I spend my days exploring what the creative opportunity is for businesses with all our products and platforms. I've been spending a lot of time over the last kind of 12, 18 months really digging into video, the future of video and the opportunity this, this presents for, for businesses of all shapes and sizes. Last but not least, Alex, tell us a little about yourself. Thanks, Jordan. So I'm Alex Colmer. I'm the founder and CEO of Vidmob, which is a technology platform to help marketers communicate more effectively in the ever complex world where video becomes more dominant by the day. So for those, Alex, who don't really know Vidmob or have never come across them, tell us a little bit more about it and, and what it does within the videos. So I started the company in 2014. And the thinking simply was, as the you know, the internet and, you know, sort of Facebook's more specifically transitioned from primarily static platforms with text and images to video platforms, that that was going to create enormous challenges for marketers of all types for the simple reason that it's just, it's, you know, it's quite easy to create a, an image-based ad or a text-based ad. And frankly, it's a lot harder to communicate effectively in video. So we set out to try and solve that problem. We were particularly compelled by the fact that we felt that human creativity was going to remain a necessity to be successful in that. And that created a nice sort of uh, combination of business opportunity and purpose-driven business uh, yeah, chance where we felt like we could build a platform that would create a number of high-quality, high-paying jobs for talented creators. And now fast forward to today, we work with, I think, three quarters of the you know, top 50 marketers in the world. We work across you know, really all major platforms and have built a platform that really helps marketers create a highly performant communications of all types. So I'd love to really kick off and, and dig into some of the things that you just called out there and get the thoughts from everybody else. And you know, for a lot of people, they may not have done much digital video advertising in the past, and, and video may be something that they see as complex or a big investment to make. So for those that have never done video or digital video before, like 
who should be thinking about using it and, and why does it work? The simple answer is everyone should be thinking about video. I, you know, I think the reality is you know, increasingly the, the web and, and Facebook really are video platforms. I think something like 83% of, you know, overall internet traffic at this point is video. A large majority of the time spent on Facebook is spent watching video. And so if you're not communicating in that medium, you're simply not part of the conversation. And to echo Alex's answer there, I would say that video is for everyone. Whether you're a small brand just getting started building your business on Facebook from scratch, or you're a more established brand that's been around for decades, Video really just gives brands the opportunity to tell a longer story than they'd be able to tell through a static image or just a standard unit. Whether you want to speak to product education or motivations and reasons for why your customers might need your product, it really gives you that opportunity to speak to your customer in a different way than you've been able to in the past. I was just going to kind of echo both the comments and say that everything is now video is where people are spending their time across our platforms across mobile internet video looks very different it, it whether it's in stories or in feed or in video calls like this like everything is is becoming video and, and that creates a breadth of opportunity to really meet people where they are and and kind of engage them how they're spending their time on across our platforms but it also creates a, a bit of a challenge when it comes to thinking about video um, and oftentimes people jump to thinking of Hollywood blockbuster production budgets, and, and that's not necessarily uh, the starting point or the case. And there's a lot of relatively easy ways to get involved and, and try video out if, if, if businesses haven't before. You know, I think video really shouldn't be as daunting as people think it is, because the reality is we essentially all carry around like high grade 4K you know, production devices in our pockets. And there are, you know, companies like Vidmob and others who, you know, have developed, you know, elaborate technology platforms to take that raw media and turn it into incredibly professional content that is designed to to perform on on platforms like Facebook. So I I think we're at a point now where really any marketer, no matter the size or the size of their marketing budget, can be an effective video marketer. So for those who wanted to start thinking about video and getting involved in video. You know, Emily, you work a lot with the disruptor industry. So, you know, fast growing rapid companies that need to think about sort of all parts of their funnel. How should they be thinking about video across the funnel and where best place to use it if you're just starting out and, and how to think about, you know, how to get the most out of it for the types of clients that you work with? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question because we used to think of video in the industry as something that, as Alistair said, was you know Hollywood-grade budgets and maybe top of the funnel, TV only. But now video is for everywhere in your marketing strategy, whether it's long-form, lean-back type of experiences like Facebook Watch or whether it's short entertainment like reels and stories. Having a presence in video across the advertising ecosystem is a great way to reach your customer wherever they land across our platforms. And I think what we all know is that people are looking to Facebook's platforms for entertainment and uh, to connect with their friends and are moving away from spending their leisure time on linear TV and more towards the digital space. And what that means is we wanna reach our customers where they're spending time. So creating for video is going to allow you to speak to them on the platforms where they're actually spending their leisure time. And I think as we think about how video fits into an overall creative ecosystem, 
it can allow you to reach new audiences that you hadn't previously reached before. Some audiences are most likely to respond to a quick static image, but others really want a longer story told and are going to engage better on an asset that potentially has video incorporated. So I think to, to sum it up, we want to think about video as a tool that we can use throughout the marketing funnel, not just in one place. As video moves down the marketing funnel, you know, what a lot of marketers would traditionally want to know is sort of the further they go down the funnel, the more concrete metrics they want. They want to see how much that, you know, where those dollars are going and what they're getting off the back of it. So for those who are thinking that video is more of this brand base, you know, higher awareness, higher funnel medium, in a sense, what things should they be thinking about when it comes to measuring, like how effective video is being as they bring it down the funnel? I think the reality is we're seeing sort of uh, convergence from opposite ends, right? And, and I think in, in many ways, sort of direct response marketers are realizing that you can actually brand in the process of doing, you know, sort of DR marketing. Uh, and, and brand marketers are realizing that they can be much more response driven. And, and so everyone's kind of moving towards the center, I, I think. And, you know, one of the incredibly powerful things about, you know, the Facebook platform is that there's a whole you know, panoply of KPIs that a marketer can can optimize against from, you know, upper funnel, you know, engagement based metrics all the way down to, you know, very lower return on ad spend, you know, purchases, you know, very, very direct stuff. And, and we work with marketers in many ways, everyone cares about different things. And you can pick the KPI that, that actually matters to your business specifically, and then optimize your creative to uh, drive that result. In, in many ways, it's a, it's a brave new world in that regard. And measurement is more capable than it frankly ever has been before. Uh, I kind of agree that the the silos of brand and DR are becoming kind of less and less relevant. And we think about every impression as as an opportunity to build brand but also drive some sort of action and so kind of whether something is just designed for telling a story you can still use that to hook people in and convert and equally anything that's designed for more of a conversion or direct response that impression still counts informing the opinion of the brand in the in the consumer's mind. And so you really have to be thinking about both working together more and more now. Yeah, and to build on those answers, I think sometimes the wide variety of KPIs or metrics that you can select in the Facebook platform can sometimes be confusing. It's tough to choose what we want to measure off of when we're looking at such a breadth of options. But I think taking it back to true business objectives and measuring off of the category that you set out to achieve, such as audience, are you reaching the right people? What type of people are you reaching? How many people are you reaching? Maybe brand results. How well do people recall my ad? Or are people responding to it with a stronger consumer sentiment using a brand lift study? Or potentially sales. Is my ad inspiring people to take action? The I'd say brands that are just getting started with measurement, I would say would, it would be smart to keep in mind what they're looking to achieve from their campaign and ensuring that they set those goals up front and then measure off of those goals. And if it's too confusing, Facebook business partners such as VidMob can be of service in helping sort of clarify what the best objective might be when you're getting started with a campaign. So thinking about that, Alex, like how has VidMob tackled this problem of thinking about, you know, metrics or, or you know, creative and, and how to be intelligent across those two realms of knowing you know, which metrics fit the right creative and how to balance that approach within the funnel. This is where our business has, in a sense, gone down an entirely new path and in many ways, you know, pioneered a new category and a new science. You know, so around 2017, 
various machine learning technologies started to get to the point where you could actually programmatically decipher what's happening sort of frame by frame in video media. And so we've spent the past, you know, basically five years building a series of kind of stacked ML pipelines to enable our clients to take all their content, you know, like thousands, tens of thousands of pieces of media, run it through our platform, decipher everything that's happening frame by frame. So, you know, like what objects are in the foreground and background? What are the emotions that the actors and actresses are exhibiting? Which direction are they looking? Because in in North America, looking forward is engaging, but in the Middle East, that might be offensive and off-putting. Where and when are trademarks and logos coming in? What's the, you know, contrast between the logo and the back? Like all of this stuff is actually now data that we're able to decipher and then compare to the various behavior signals uh, performance KPIs coming back via the, the Facebook ads API. And so we've essentially built you know, now a new science you know, around sort of creative intelligence, which enables our clients to actually get to really for the first time in the industry, the why of marketing performance. Like w- people knew which ads were working or not working before, but they never knew why. Like, why was this ad working last week and it's not working this week? What happened? And, and, maybe more valuably, what can I do to change it so that it works again next week? And so, you know, this is the world that we live in now. And what we've seen, and and literally this has got to be the least shocking thing ever, is that just like every other area of enterprise operations, data is really helpful. And when you apply data to creativity, you can you know, increase its performance, not by like tens of percents, but by like hundreds of percents. And th- and that's where we are in reality now. This isn't something that's just reserved for the billion dollar marketers. It's accessible to everyone. And it really is a revolution. And, and that's where we are today. That's what's really exciting about it for me is democratizing creativity, putting the tools in the hands of, of everybody. And so, yes, it can be great to enhance performance of existing assets and make them work better when they come onto our platform. It can also fuel how creatives think about designing new concepts, new messages, and, and delivering them across all the different options that are available to them, knowing that they'll, they'll perform and they're backed up by, by science, by data. Yeah, I just want to build on what Alistair just said, because I, I think it's actually a really key point. Sometimes when people hear us talking about AI and, and technology, they assume that it's somehow in conflict with creativity. And, you know, this was like the founding principle of our company that, that you know, human creativity is, 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 irreplace, is irreplaceable. But what we see is that the most creative people actually want technology to help them do their job better, to inform them and give them ideas on things that they can do. They may choose not to follow that advice, but they find that they can be better creators when they have, you know, sort of information that they can use to do their jobs better. We think about it as like Iron Man suit going on. It's like there's still a person at the heart of it, but you can now have superpowers through through data, through the AI that's available. To use the Iron Man analogy, you know, now we have the Avengers of Creative around us with all the new tools that we have and you know, all the new capabilities that we have accessible to us. You know, how do we think that that changes the challenges of understanding how effective ads have been? You know, do do you think this this brings any new challenges that people would need to consider to the to the fore as you know as they think about creative in such a way where you are able to get you know mountains more information than you were before like do you think that opens up new challenges that need to be overcome or do you think it it opens up you know more possibilities than than challenges at the end 
I think it's more new opportunities as opposed to new challenges. You know, I think what it is, is sort of a, it's a progression forward. You know, I think back a few years ago when we had this idea that there were sort of like brilliant basics, you know, that like these are, these are rules that everyone should follow. And I think that was, you know, directionally right. But the reality is that how people engage with media is sort of directly tied to culture. You know, so what's happening, you know, seasonally or, you know, you know, now there's COVID and all of a sudden handshakes are going to terrify me in a video or now there's some like there's always something happening culturally that's influencing how we respond to creative triggers. And so, you know, what we see is that this is it's about having a window into a moment in time and what's working that's always going to change and that. Certainly, there are you know directional pointers that might be something you should consider if you're in the auto category or the beauty category or the beverages. Like these are all very different, but that they're always going to move. And, and the organizations that build around being able to kind of put data in motion and develop kind of like a culture of creative agility are just able to far outperform the ones who are still kind of like guessing in the dark. I couldn't agree more with that. And I think it sort of relates to the idea of a diverse creative ecosystem that I was speaking about before. One thing I'm consistently pushing the partners that I work with to do is to continue to diversify with timely and relevant messaging. And speaking to the Iron Man analogy here, anyone can be a creator. One of the direct-to-consumer businesses I work with is called Lumi. They're a disruptive personal care company. And their CEO, Dr. Shannon Klingman, is incredibly charismatic and has a really strong story about why she built and uh, sort of brought her company into the mainstream. She's able to you know, sit down at her desk and create a video talking about why she's so passionate about the product. That can be turned into an ad and it can actually perform really well amongst their more highly polished assets. So I think that that's just one example of the idea of not being too daunted or not necessarily overthinking the idea of creative video. As long as you have someone in that ad who is authentic, genuine, relatable, and is able to be a good storyteller, I think those are the basic building blocks that are probably even more important than a huge production budget. It's important to just touch for a second on value because ultimately the value that's created here is both measurable and enormous. So yeah, I think about, there was an example we had working with, with a, a well-known pizza company. They, they, they had a sort of a large campaign on, on Facebook and they were struggling with a brand recall. That was what they cared about. And, you know, we, we ran their, their ads through our creative intelligence. And this is pro probably like the simplest possible example, but they saw that, you know, like 98% of the audience was gone before they ever surfaced their brand or their call to action or what mattered. And so they were literally just running like a public service announcement for like the whole pizza category. Very kind of them, but not very good for their business. And so we did a like the simplest possible thing and just moved the messaging up in it, re-architected the ad slightly. And that creative cost was, I think, in the neighborhood of like $10,000 for, for all the various work we did. It improved their brand recall in, in literally a day by over 80%. And this was a multi-million dollar campaign. So they they got at least $1.6 million in value from a $10,000 investment. And that's the kind of thing that we see every single day. And it's and it's measurable on both sides, the cost and the, and the value. And so you can get to like a really concrete ROI calculation. And I think this is what's so exciting for me about like the impact on creativity. 
because really for a first time, we can actually now ascribe and attribute value to creativity, which is, is, is exciting for the millions of creators out there who I think are staring down the barrel of a multi-decade run of you know, you know, job growth and being more and more important uh, by the day. So Alistair, I'd love to bring you in and you know, we've touched on a number of points in terms of trends, you know, the, the references to authenticity and you know, how you don't need to have you know, a high budget campaign, the need to understand the value and how shifting you know, messaging just up the video can have such a big impact. As, as people think about either getting into creative or thinking about creative on within Facebook, you know, what would be the big trends or the big things that you've seen that they should bear in mind to, to be successful or you know, the, the top things that they should do to make sure that they can have effective creative within our platform? My starting point is always to try and understand why people are coming, what they're spending their time doing, uh, and what their, what their mindset is across across the platform and across the different surfaces. And by understanding that, you can start to figure out as a, as a brand, where does it make the most sense to, to show up and how to show up in the most engaging way, in a way that feels relevant, feels like your your brand belongs there and, and people are going to have an emotional connection with, with the message. And so on the one hand, it's, it's a challenge because, you know, there's... As we're saying, everything is becoming video. There are more and more options. And, and the starting point, I think, is really trying to understand behavior on, on the platforms and, and where you want to where you want to deliver value. And then find ways to, like you said, to, to kind of show up in a really authentic way. And so what we see often is, is working with creators, working with people that are spending their time and building their own personal brands on our platforms and really understand it and, and partner with them to help you bring your brand message to life in a way that will really connect with people. And I think the future opportunity is, is around that just continuing. So there's going to be more and more uh, opportunities, more and more products and services that will get released and, and kind of really understanding kind of where the value lies and how to start weaving messages between, between them. So we often think about an ad or a campaign. They're really starting to think about the totality of someone's experience with your brand across our services, across our platforms, and how that delivers value over over the long term beyond just a, a campaign window. How is value? How is a relationship with a brand being built over twelve month, two year period, and, and beyond? I think is kind of the, the shift in, in how we're starting to think about building brands across our platforms and, and video is, is definitely at the heart of that. So that leads me nicely into sort of the final topic area that I'd love for us to dig into. And that is about, you know, what do we think the future holds here? You know, for businesses that can really embrace creativity, that can really take a lot of this to heart and think about how to build their brand through video and, you know, be able to leverage video across the funnel. Like Alex, like from your point of view, like what do you think that the future holds for businesses that can really effectively leverage video as part of their whole creative strategy? There's real change coming. And ultimately, when I look at the industry, you know, what, what I think is most interesting is that in the 90s, for, for very good reasons, the industry separated creative and media. And it's sort of remained that way to this day. They're sort of you know totally separate, oftentimes don't talk. And when creators make something, the, the, the means of measuring you know, success is, you know, did they win a can lion or something like that? No actual connection. And it made sense in an era of TV and Nielsen data and, you know, things like that, where, you know, the data would come back months later and it was too expensive to make changes and it took too long. But today we get 
incredibly valuable information about the why of performance within seconds of launching any campaign and can respond within hours or days with, you know, data-informed creative that dramatically improves. And so I think we're going to see a, a total recollapse and kind of like a rebundling of the unbundled industry and see media and creative come back together. And, you know, ultimately what VidMob is trying to do is provide a software platform, sort of an operating system for creativity that brings these two disconnected halves back together so that we can foster a very tight loop of learning and creating, learning and creating, learning and creating, and drive that into your media, your merchandising, your marketing, all the various parts of a, a company's you know, go-to-market apparatus. And that's happening now. We, we work with many marketers who have already fully embraced this. It doesn't have, you know, it can be a tiny company with a one or two person marketing team that can just use a platform like ours and behave like they're a thousand person marketing team. So that is a big change. And, you know, I think it's going to accelerate as more and more people realize the, what the power of data is in creativity. Understanding the value of creativity and what it's driving, I think kind of information and understanding of impact will become more and more table stakes and what will separate will be the power of ideas and, and how those come to life. But the, the execution, we're going to get smarter and smarter and smarter on and, and know what's, what's working where and when. And through that, like we said before, the ability for smaller businesses to compete with the big guys, I think is really disruptive and exciting. And, and this idea of democratizing creativity and, and putting tools in the hands of everybody, I think will be transformative for, for, for business and, and, and the economy at whole, to be honest. And I'd build on those ideas with sort of throwing it back to an idea that came up earlier in the conversation around cultural moments. I think the future is going to be creative agility in speaking to those cultural moments. It reminds me of one example last year when at the onset of COVID-19, obviously everyone had to head into lockdown. We were no longer able to do big, highly produced shoots Many of the direct-to-consumer brands that I work with switched to remote production and put the reins in the hands of creators and influencers. That became a huge trend over the last year, and it was something we were able to really test, iterate, and build on because it was our only option at the time. But we did see that it worked really well across the board because I think it goes back to those ideas of authentic content with someone who might look like you, sound like you, it's relatable, it's interesting. It diversifies the creative ecosystem, as I mentioned before. So I think brands are going to be able to move more quickly to sort of speak to those cultural moments and reach their customers um, in record time versus sort of what Alex had been walking through previously, which was reiterations of shoots and awards at big award shows. Like those aren't necessarily going to be the metrics of success anymore. And I think it opens up a ton of possibility for the smaller brands to sort of play in the big leagues. I think that's a fantastic place to leave our discussion today on video. But you know, before we go and before we say farewell to everybody, I'd love to go around the room and get what would be the single biggest thing you would want people to leave this with when it comes to thinking about video for the next campaign. So Emily, what would be your top thing? I think my biggest piece of advice would be don't be afraid to try something new. The biggest brands in the world focus on testing and iterating and data-backed insights as they build their businesses. And I think the only way to get there is by testing and trying new things. So whether you're a small business that has never tried video before or one of the largest brands, I think video can be for everyone and we'll only get to using it as a part of our strategy in sort of the core sense when we begin with the basics and start with the test. I guess it would be start by just taking a bit of time to really understand how people are using 
the platforms, why they're coming and, and the behavior there in order for your brand to, to show up in a, in a really meaningful way, not to disrupt that experience, but to come and deliver something of, of real value to people that people want to spend time with. If you can get that right, then, then you'll earn people's time and a, a emotional connection with, with your brand, your business. I think for me, the thing that I would say is, is sort of a bit of a cautionary tale in a sense. It's like better, faster, cheaper is now possible through this, this sort of technological revolution that, that, that's happening. But I think all marketers need to be, have, be armed with what are the, the questions that they should ask so that they can understand whether they're actually going to get better, faster, cheaper. Because there's a lot of people sort of saying things, but it's really just business as usual from before. And so, you know, for me, it's just, you know, technology-based transformation is not possible without an actual technology platform. And so be careful out there, you know, ask the right questions to ensure that you actually are going to have, you know, the intelligence and the agility to, to sort of keep pace because the, the old way just doesn't work anymore. And Alex, I'd love to give the final comment of today's podcast to you. And you know, for those who've enjoyed the conversation and, and want to learn more about Vidmob and what Vidmob does, like what's the best way for them to to get in touch or, or to learn more about you yourself and the company and the platform and what you provide? I think if people just go to, to vidmob.com, it's a great place to learn about our business. You can learn about you know Vidmob Gives. We have a very large and active foundation where we work with you know hundreds of charities making free ads for them. There's a lot of good that's happening at Vidmob and I I encourage people to come and, and sort of learn about it in its entirety. Emily, Alistair, Alex, you know, thank you for the time today and sharing all your thoughts and insights when it comes to video. And to everyone listening, thank you very much. And we'll see you again next time. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review.